Welcome, Welcome back, back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm joined on the podcast today by best-selling writer Riley Sager, author of the new novel, The Only One Left. Author Megan Abbott wrote about the novel. Riley Sager spellbinding The Only One Left captures you in his snares from its first tantalizing pages. A gothic house of horrors, it carries you along effortlessly before delivering a symphony of twists so shocking it took my breath away. Riley, Riley welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, if someone hasn't yet heard about your new novel, The Only One Left, how would you describe the novel? Um, do you want the short version or the medium length version? <laughs> I think the medium length version okay. is fine. Yeah, it's it's very, very, very loosely inspired by Lizzie Borden. And it's about a woman who, when she was 17, um, her entire family was killed in a massacre known as the Hope Family Massacre, and everyone thinks that she did it. And it's now many decades later, um, she was never proven guilty, she's been hidden away in her family's Gilded Age mansion for decades, <laughs> and now she's in very poor health and she needs someone to care for her. So enter Kit McDeer a home health aide who gets assigned uh, to take care of this woman who is named Lenora Hope. Lenora can't talk. She can't walk. She can't care for herself. She really can't do anything except use her left hand, which she uses to tap out on a typewriter. I want to tell you everything. And so Kit begins to help Lenora type the story of the events leading up to the Hope family massacre and learns there's so much more to it than people know. Set up. Do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to writing the novel? No, I don't, which is weird for me because usually I can pinpoint an exact moment when the idea pops into my head. Like my book Home Before Dark was inspired by the Amityville Horror family. And I was listening to a podcast about the Amityville horror. And I'm like, hey, that might make a good novel. With this one, <laughs> I have no idea why I was thinking about Lizzie Borden or what what prompted it. And I wasn't even thinking about Lizzie Borden necessarily, because I don't know really anything about her case other than the general, you know, gave her father 40 wax kind of like exactly. you know, crime. Yeah. <laughs> And, but I was thinking about, okay, what if Lizzie Borden lived to this ripe old age mm -hmm. where she needed someone to care for her? Who is that person? Like, how does one become Lizzie Borden's nurse? And how does she feel about her patient? Like, her job is to keep her alive, knowing that she might have killed others. And so that was I, my I, entry point into this book, like thinking about this woman who has to take care of this very suspicious, notorious, possible murderess and all of the weird feelings that come with that. Well, well given the narrative and the plotting and the plot twist, how do you work? Um, what's your process when you're working on um, the only one left? Did you, you know, as you said, you were thinking about this idea. Did you... Take, take a lot, a lot of, of notes and meticulously it, plot, plot it, it or do you just kind of dive into the into the narrative? How does that work for you? 
I used to be very meticulous and take a lot of notes and outline from start to finish. And it started to get a little bit stifling creatively where I just, <laughs> there was no, there was no fun in the writing anymore. No spontaneity. Cause it was like, okay, today I have to write this chapter and then tomorrow I have to write this scene. And so now I, I do a little bit of both. Like for the only one left, the, the, the first thing was, okay, I'm Lizzie Borden's nurse. That was the elevator pitch I had in my head. And the first thing I did was write this rhyme about Lenora Hope, because since Lizzie Borden had a rhyme, I figured Lenora Hope should have one too. <laughs> and so one afternoon I just sat down without really knowing anything about what the plot was going to be yet, just wrote this rhyme about Lenora that school children in the area still chant to each other to scare each other and things like that. And the book kind of formed out of that rhyme where like, for instance, like I didn't know what Lenora's last name was going to be. And so I chose hope because it rhymes with the word rope. And that's the the second line of the, the, the chant is, you know, hunger sister with a rope. And so it, the book evolved oh, from like what I wrote I that, that afternoon out. with this rhyme. And then it's establishing, okay, who are these people? Where are they? And in the case of the only one left, it is a, a, a gilded age mansion perched on a cliff overlooking the Atlantic. And the waves have been crashing against the base of the cliff. And so there's been some erosion. And so the cliff is a little bit unstable. And so the mansion is, tilted ever so slightly toward the sea <laughs> and then i'm like okay what's the big twist because in my books the readers need a twist and so kind of figuring out like the main pieces and then writing and exploring and taking some detours and like i think of it as like 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 building a house i got the foundation and now I'm going to build it, but I can be creative with what I do with the decor. Gotcha. Well, yeah, you mentioned this chant. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you have, have a, a copy, copy of the novel? Could you just read that to us? Oh, I can read it off the top of my head. Okay. <laughs> I've I've been asked. I've I've been on book tour the past two weeks, and like every single event, like I've been asked to recite the poem. So yes, I know it well. Um, it's at seventeen. Lenora Hope hung her sister with a rope. Stabbed her father with a knife. That took her mother's happy life. It wasn't me, Lenora said, but she's the only one not dead. And as you can see, like, it's so vague. Like, I don't even know what happened to the mom. Like, I know what happened right, to the sister right. and the dad, but like the mom, I was like, I'll figure that out later. I don't even. <laughs> what was your writing like, journey that led like, you to writing like, and getting your first novel, Final Girls, published? Oh, I've had a long, long journey. Um, I did Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. 
Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think I wanted to be a writer when I was in sixth grade. Uh, we had an assignment was like write a Christmas short story for class and then read it out loud to the <laughs> class. And I had by my, far, this is not ego. This is just fact. The best story in my class. <laughs> and and people, because everyone told me and like it got a laugh because it was about like some escaped reindeer or something. And that was a very seminal moment for me because I thought, oh people are reacting to this positively and that's really cool and i wasn't the most popular child so let's get that out of the way and so there was this sense of oh people like me because of this thing that i wrote and i don't suggest any author like go into it just for the validation (laughs) because there's a thing called twitter and goodreads and that will (laughs) that will get rid of all a sense of validation you feel um, but it started me thinking about well, like, it, it might, might be fun to create hate. things, but I didn't know how, like, how do you do this? And so in college, I began my first book and it took me like four years to finish it. And it was never published, of course, cause it was terrible. <laughs> and, but at, but it was valuable because I learned like, oh, I can write it. I can complete a book. I've I've done done this. this. Now let's try it again. And so I wrote another one also unpublished. And then I'm like, oh, let's keep doing. Like I, at some point I just really got it into my head that I want to see my name on the cover of a book that I wrote. And the irony now is that. I write under pen names, so these books are not, they still don't have my name on the cover. But I did write some books under my real name. Sales were terrible, awful, awful, like non-existent. And so I wrote a book called Final Girls. And my agent read it and said, this is the best thing you've written. This has the potential to be a big book. I think you should use a pen name. And I was like, my gosh, why? I want my name on this book. I'm so proud of it. She's like, I know you're proud of it. You should be proud of it. But if we submit it with your, under your, your name, every editor I send it to is going to look at your previous sales, see that they're non-existent. If they make an offer at all, it's going to be a bad one. They're going to slap a bad cover on it. They're going to dump it in the market with no publicity. And this book will die. And you don't want that. And the book doesn't deserve it. 
And so to have it like that <laughs> darkly <laughs> rendered to me, I knew that I had to use a pen name. And so ever since it's been this very wild best selling roller coaster that I'm still not convinced is reality and might still be a dream. <laughs> so do you think you ever publish those early novels under under what oh, is now your pen name? No. No. The, 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 the unpublished ones, I don't even know where they are. I think they're on a floppy disk somewhere, I think, maybe, or they might be in a landfill now. I, <laughs> I've moved multiple times since then and things get lost, but I'm, I'm sure they were not good. But right. it's a learning experience. And I, I get asked a lot, like, what is your advice to, you know, people who want to write a novel? And I say, it's very difficult. You have to be persistent and you might have to write several books before, like you are good enough to be published, but it's but not a waste of time. <laughs> Any time spent writing is valuable learning time. Any other advice that you would have for those That's writing their own stories or novels? I'm sorry, what was that? I said, any other advice that you would have for those who are working on their own stories or novels? Oh, yeah. Um, don't follow trends because they don't last and the publishing machinery takes so long to get going. But you could write like the trendiest right. novel no, right, right now. By the time it's released, that trend yeah. will be two years old. Um, I say, say write wait. the book you want to see in the world. Like, what do you want to read? Write that book. So that's that's my biggest piece of advice. So are you working on a new novel now? I am, yes. It's It's been on a bit of a pause oh. for the past month because of the publicity for The Only One Left and the book tour and that explains my voice, by the way. If I sound a little ragged, <laughs> it's because I've been talking nonstop for two weeks. Um, but yeah, I, starting like in a couple days, it's just back into my writing cave and, and finishing my next book. What, what novels have you read recently that you enjoyed? Oh gosh, um, there have been some good ones. Um, I am a big thriller fan and... There are some great ones out there right now. I loved The Last Word by Taylor Adams, which had insane twist. It was so twisty and suspenseful. Um, How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix was, again, bonkers, delightfully so. It took the whole haunted house genre and just like flipped it upside down into wonderfully unpredictable ways. And um, The Only Survivors by Megan Miranda. And another oh, Megan, Megan Abbott, who, who was so nice to blurb me, her Beware the Woman is just chilling. That's great. Yeah, well, where can people find you online if they want to learn more about yeah. you and your novels? Um, I am... It's oh, easy because with all the social media, like I don't have the same handle for each thing, so... My website is RileySagerBooks.com, <laughs> and at the top there, there are links to my Instagram and my Facebook and my Twitter, but I will say, like, I'm not really on Twitter anymore. It's So I, I'm on there maybe, like, once every six months, and it's just a bit of news. Like, the book's coming out here, because, right. yeah, Twitter's not 
Twitter's not fun anymore. No, no. <laughs> like well, you've been speaking to Riley Sager, author of the new novel, novel the, the Only One Left. The novel, the novel is available now, out, so go, go buy, buy a, a copy. copy. And Riley, thanks for doing this interview. Thank you so much. Absolutely. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.